Welcome along to the Drop the Label podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. Labels are all around us. We use them freely and often without thought. This podcast is an exploration of various labels discussed with various guests from different perspectives. We want to get people thinking about labels in their simplest form so that they adopt those that serve their higher self and drop those labels that hold them back in life. Thank you for listening. Will you drop the label? This podcast is brought to you by RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland, home of Team Carnage and the Barbell Club. We are the North East's premier transformation facility, taking you from absolute beginner to photoshoot ready. You just got to do the work. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at the Barbell Club or RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland or over on our website www.rtfitness.uk. Today I spoke with Lee Jameson Laffey. Lee has done and is doing many amazing things with his life, from foster parent to performer to business owner entrepreneur. We discuss labels close to Lee surrounding alcohol, feelings of isolation and being gay. From tears to laughter, Lee brought all of the emotions whilst telling me his story. His journey from a boy knowing who he was, to a man simply owning who he is, despite the judgments he has faced and overcome over the years. Hello everyone and welcome to Drop the Label podcast. Today I have the lovely Lee James Laffey. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself for me please? Yes, well I'm Lee Jameson Laffey. Um, I started at the gym about eight weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, and I think I made a sort of a conscious decision just to sort my life out and I think we had a bit of an in-depth conversation. We did, didn't we? Uh, which was quite <laughs> funny. And I've just recently um, moved to Durham as well. So uh, I'm a singer, I work in aesthetics, I have my own company, um, I'm busy, um, but I just wanted to get my life in order and that's when I thought of you. And right. then literally just that was it. And I think this has just evolved really. Yeah. <laughs> which is going to be interesting, I think. It has indeed, it has indeed. So you um, posted a video quite some time ago um, and mm. you shared a link with me off the back of me doing this Drop the Label podcast because yeah. you thought it might be of interest. And I watched it as soon as you sent it, to be fair. <laughs> um, and you discussed quite a lot of labels that you'd endured and, and things that you've gone through in your life. Yeah. Um, so that's why I asked you to come on, because I thought it would be nice to have a chat with you in person about it. Um, and I know you said you've got other things to talk about that you'd like to talk about that you didn't cover last time as well. <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> and I think as well, what was really interesting is when we were discussing them labels, um, obviously about being gay, um, struggling with alcohol, uh, families, growing up and all of that. Um, I think there was a lot of scope that I possibly at that time could have Broad, could have gone a little bit more deeper and yeah. potentially didn't. Yeah. So, you know, moving, what, nearly two years ago now? Because obviously we've had COVID and everything like that. Uh, I've completely changed. And even if you were to look back at that video, mm-hmm. um, you know, massive hair and <laughs> full face of makeup on and all of that, do you know yeah. what I mean? But at that point in time, I was really comfortable and mm-hmm. really, really happy with the way that I looked. I did struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I just feel as if I've gone gone from a boy to a man. Right. And it's really weird and mm-hmm. it's quite corny to say, but I really think that I'm in the best place that I've ever, ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to pack in drink for a year because it controlled my life. Right, okay. And I was labelled as being the bitchy queen or, you know, somebody who was a little bit um, outspoken. Yeah. And, um, and to be honest with you, I'm quite like that without the drink, really, to be fair. Uh, but I think I've done a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm 42. I've fostered 11 kids. Right. Um, I've had a business. I've lost a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got another business now, which is doing really, really well with my business partner. Um, I've had the big house. I've lost the big house. I've gained the big house. Right. It seems to have like I've done this big, massive sort of backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. But I think I've had to lose things to gain them again, to appreciate them. Right. Yeah. And I'm not just the puff in the corner anymore. Right. And I think that was a massive thing for me that I was always being labelled as either the funny one mm-hmm. um, or the bitchy one. Yeah. Um, and I'm not that at all. Right. And that, that used to upset me because I remember once um, I overheard a conversation that I, somebody who I thought that was my friend. Right. Who basically said, oh, well, we'll invite Lee because he's a laugh. Right. So I was labelled as the comical joker. I wasn't labelled as the friend or anything like that. Yeah. I was just labelled as the comedy joker. And that really hurt me and then I just had to sort of regress from that sort of, mm-hmm. that friendship really and find out who I was going to be. But 
I remember times that I would sit in the house and cry because every time I'd put clothes on, I would look in the mirror and the person that was looking back at me wasn't me. Right. And I was trying to fit into a box that mm -hmm. didn't exist. Yeah. And that was really hard. Mm -hmm. And I struggled really, really bad with that. And I think, you know, having foster kids and things like that, don't get me wrong, I wasn't drinking when I had the foster kids. It was after that. Um, but I'm sure that you agree, kids can turn you to fucking drink. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people, I think people would just shake my hand, really, 11 kids. You just think, hey, it's fucking Miss Hannigan. And I was like, literally, Miss Hannigan. Um, and, you know, I had like a theatre school as well, which did exceptionally well. And I had that for five years. And it wasn't about the numbers and things like that. It, it was about allowing these kids to fit into a, a place where they were comfortable and express themselves. Yeah, and they, and they weren't labelled as the glee club or the mm -hmm. geeky ones. They were just kids that wanted to have self-esteem and confidence. Mm -hmm. And I instilled that in with them. Um, and then five, it was only ever going to be a five-year plan. And it literally ended on the five-year plan. But I tell you what, I bloody miss it. Right. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done to, give, to actually give up. Right. But I had to do that for me. Right. Because it was just controlling my life. Right. Was, did you feel like you were investing so much of your time or in terms of controlling your life? Was it more the emotional roller coaster that comes with yeah, doing because something like that? I think when you're doing something like that, when you are the peer, I think you've got a lot of people that are looking up to you as well. And, you know, you can't do, you can't say certain things. You can't, yeah. do you know what I mean? You can't be a certain way or... Yeah. And I think, again, the label thing came, kept coming back, but I think I was putting a lot of labels on myself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were very much like, you know, we love you for who you are and things like that. But I didn't. Right. And that was the issue. And like I say, I kept looking in the mirror and thinking, who's this person and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, August 2018, I bit the bullet and hired a theatre, a 250-seater theatre. Right and decided to put my name above the door and put a show on, and that mm -hmm. changed my life. Right. In what way? I became the person that I should be. Right. And when, you were, when I was... I took a photograph on my Instagram, and I think I've mentioned this on the previous video, and it was just literally the, the stairs and everything like that, and I took it and I thought, fuck, there's no going back, there's 250-odd people yeah. clapping and shouting your name, and you're thinking, the music's on, and you're thinking, Oh shit! What am I gonna? What have I done? Yeah. And that was it. And them struggles of looking in the mirror and being the person that I was wanting to be, and were these the right clothes? And should I be walking around in Louis Vuitton and Gucci, or should I? All of these should I would have could us? I stood on that stage and I was just me, and everybody just said, "Oh, you're gonna start me again." I knew I was. I promised I wasn't gonna do this. <laughs> everybody said to me, "You came alive on that." And it was unbelievable to see a person that I'd grown in. Yeah. And I did, I came alive and my whole life completely changed. Yeah. Ooh. Right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> it's like, this is cheaper than therapy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it did, it changed my life. And the label started to drop off mm -hmm. because I wasn't bothered about them. Mm -hmm. So you were dismissing the labels that yeah. you'd given yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there was, you know, as a gay man growing up at school and things like that, I was thrown labels and things like that. When I bought my first house, my windows used to get smashed in and things like that right. because I was gay. And ironically, the boy that used to do it was called Kim. Fucking <laughs> knob. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but I was like 18, mm -hmm. you know, scared and didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, but then, no other than I, obviously I met my partner and I've been with him for 16 years and we've been married since 2012. Right. So we've been married 10 years this year. And my life's completely changed. Mm -hmm. And I've hopefully changed his life as well. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's accumulation of several things in your life that's led to this point now? I know you said at the beginning it sounded, you know, cliche that you, you know, you're now a man. Yeah. But do you think that obviously, you know, making the man of your dreams, putting on your show, um, actually just feeling like you could be yourself is what's made you... Yeah, and I am very expressive around. and, you know... I'm very flamboyant in, in certain ways, but people that know me will probably say that I'm very private. Mm -hmm. So 
when I'm with my friends and things like that, yes, we'll have a laugh and everything like that. And I am very private. And yes, I do post things on social media and stuff like that, but I post things on social media now, mm -hmm. which are sort of not for somebody to say, oh, look what he's, it's not, it's not about, what am I trying to say? I'm not posting it there for people just to look and think, oh, I've got an amazing life. Yeah. It's, I'm happy with the progress that I'm doing. So, yeah. you know, I know that I've been posting quite a bit about um, the keep fitting, you know, the training and everything like that. It's because I'm proud of what I'm doing. Yeah. Because I made the choice to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And that was the always struggle. If someone was going to tell me to do something, I would do it and then I would give up. Where, it's like with the drink, I stopped, I completely stopped. And that was it because I had to find a better relationship because mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be labelled the drunk or, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I just didn't want to be down that route. And <clears throat> ironically, my mum and dad had pubs and things like that, you know what I mean? So it was very much alcohol was around all the time and things yeah. like that. And I think people use it as a crutch. And I think I've got a, a massive relationship with that now, mm -hmm. which is a lot better. Yeah. OK, excellent. Good stuff. So with the alcohol then, yeah. since you've brought that one up, would you have said you, like, have you ever classed yourself as an alcoholic? No, because I wouldn't label as anybody. Far as to use that word? Because I think, what is an alcoholic? Is it somebody that has a drink every day? Or is it somebody that has a drink at eight o'clock in the morning, but then doesn't have a drink? Mm. I would say it's someone who's got a reliance on it. Okay to get through day-to-day -day life. Yes, I would completely agree. So somebody who's having a, maybe a drink, a bottle of wine or something like that on a night, watching the telly and things like that, but they're potentially having one every night, is that somebody who's dependent on alcohol or is that somebody who's just using it as a social crutch? I don't know. Was I doing that? Yes. I think I counted in one weekend, I did nine bottles of wine in one weekend. Right. Um, which is a shitload. Yeah. And I was drinking alone. Right. And me and my partner were just separated. He was living upstairs, mm -hmm. doing his thing, and I was downstairs, and it was just seems to be easier. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you're on your own, you haven't got somebody saying, are you having another drink, or, um, <clears throat> you know, what are you doing? Yeah. And there'd be times where I'd go and leave doors open and didn't know what I was doing or I was being nasty and mm -hmm. vicious. But I think that's because... I was in a completely and utterly wrong place. Yeah. Um, so was I an alcoholic? Oh, no one's ever asked me that question before. Sorry. I know it's quite one of, it's one of those words that I don't hear people say often. They'll, they'll talk about they've got problems with drink and they feel like they use it too much as a crutch, but the word alcoholic never comes out of the mouth. I feel like no. there's quite a stigma attached to that, though. It's like the F word. The F word. Faggot. Oh, right, OK. I just think it's fucking vile. Um, I haven't heard that in so long. <clears throat> it's horrible. Uh, but going back to your question, I'm trying to dodge it, really, but really, I'm going to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> Shush. <laughs> Child. <laughs> yeah, I probably was. Right. Does that feel hard coming out of your mouth? Or do you feel like you're now in such a place where you are so happy? It's hard because obviously it's, no one's ever asked me that question before um, and I've never really had to answer it. Mm -hmm. um, so thinking about what you said and then thinking about what I've just answered, yeah, yeah, I probably was. I was functioning, a functioning alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I was dependent on alcohol, mm -hmm. so I wasn't like sort of needing it when I got up or anything like that. Yeah. Was I functioning alcoholic? Yeah, probably, right. yeah. And I've had this conversation with my older sister and she said, no, you, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't. And I'm thinking, no, I was. You're just trying to make me either feel better or you don't want to admit it yourself. Right. Um, and do I have a better relationship with alcohol now? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Can you take it or leave it now? Yeah, I really can. I did it for a full year of like nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that was the best year of my life because I managed to put 
labels into places, into boxes and take them off. And don't get me wrong, I probably carry a few labels now. Yeah. I think everybody does, but... Of course. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a, an amazing place now. Good. <laughs> it just goes to show, though, that you can have some quite intense labels that you maybe don't want to sort of acknowledge, but you can move past them. You can get rid of them. Yeah, of course you can. And I'm always going to have the label of gay because, you know, that's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but it's like I said, that's one of those labels that if you are, then you should fully embrace it. Yeah, but what's really, really funny, though, nobody labels you as a heterosexual. Nobody goes around and says, oh, there's Sarah the heterosexual. Yeah. They just go, there's Sarah. Yeah. You know, and we've got two really close friends and they call us the boys. Right. And that's all, all we are to them is the boys. Yeah. You know, and they're a lot older than us. Um, and, you know, they're really, really good friends of ours, like very good friends. We're close with them and their kids, which is lovely. Yeah. And we have an amazing relationship with them all. And we're always the boys. Mm -hmm. There's no gay label or anything like that. And it was quite funny, actually, because I'm... I made a few notes and they're in my head. Um, they came around for coffee um, on Tuesday and it's the wedding that I'm going to in September that I'd mentioned right, to you a couple okay. of weeks ago. It's 11 to it is. I'm not going to. <laughs> um, so uh, they'd said that the groom's dad was going to come and stay in the villa that we're pre-staying before we go to where we're going for the wedding. And he was worried about the dad, how he would take me and my husband. Right. And I said, you don't need to worry about that because that, it's not going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. um, he said, I know, he said, but I don't want you to change. It's not me about what you're going to say. Yeah. It's about he, how he's going to portray. Yeah. Potentially you. And as your friend, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not allowing that to happen. Right, okay. So I just thought, mm. And that's lovely because somebody's sort of looking out for you in a way. Yeah. And also wants to protect you. Yeah. And obviously, we, I went, went, to, went to a bar in Newcastle and I wear like, I don't wear the normal, well, obviously I'm wearing the normal clothes today. Right. No, I look like I've just come out of the office, don't I? Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but sometimes I'll wear like really wild stuff. I, I try and find things that, not to shock anybody, mm -hmm. just because I am a bit different and yeah. I like, things to be different. Yeah. You know, if everybody wants to go to shop to River Island or everything like that, that's fine, you know. Follow the sheep and that's great, but I'm not a sheep, Yeah. you know. So um, I had these flowery silk pants on and this guy in uh, a bar in Newcastle said to me, he was with his wife, you look amazing. But then we went into another bar, which potentially was a bit ropey. And the guy that I've just spoke about who said he was worried about us. Yeah found it, took it upon himself to come to the bar with me because he was worried about me. Right. And he was worried about me about how the macho straight man, mm -hmm. I'm not being funny, you show me a macho straight man, there's not one in fucking Britain really, is there? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And there isn't. <laughs> Do you mean everyone's got some sort of device somewhere? <laughs> um, but he was worried and I said, you don't have to worry about me. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's how people, perceive you and it's perception and things like that like you know people might think oh you're a, you know you drive around in a range rover you must be a drug dealer Fucking come on get a grip mm -hmm. do you know what i mean it's just ridiculous and it just i just think it's 2022 and you know shouting the word puff in the street and and mm -hmm. all of that it's still happening right it's still going on mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and i just think it just needs to stop yeah. And all I keep hearing on the news is about how about straight women are getting wolf whistled at and they don't like it. And now there's this thing now where, you know, it's against the law now to take a photograph of somebody down the top, this bra thing that was on the news yesterday. And I was thinking, well, why is that, why is that against the law? It should, be, it's, it should be against the law anyway. Yeah, yeah, Nobody yeah. should be taking any photograph of anybody down anybody's top. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just think, but nobody seems to be talking about the people that get in hecky that being called a puff or the trans people mm -hmm. um, or the, you know, the non-binary people. And, you know, don't get me wrong, is the community, that, you know, everybody says, you know, we all follow the same community and everything like that. I get that. And there's certain things in my community that I just don't physically understand. Mm -hmm. You know, 
people identifying as other things and objects and things like that, I don't get it. Right. Because, you know, when I was in my 20s, <clears throat> sort of 20 odd year ago, it was hard being a gay man. But then I realised that in my, when I'm 42, how hard was it for the people that are now 60? Because yeah. it seems to be completely different. Like there's kids now that are going to school and boys that are going to school in full makeup and they're 30 and they know exactly what they want to do. Yeah. They know exactly where they want to be and things like that. And I think that is unbelievably amazing. Mm -hmm. But that didn't happen when I was a kid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you did drama or even said anything about dance, yeah. do you know what I mean? You were like, and I remember, you know, when you did PE, this is the comical. On my school report for PE, it said, we'd love to comment, but we don't know who he is. Because I never fucking went. Right. Because the first time I did go, they made me take my top off because it was either skins or tops. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's like... They'd be hell on if they did that now. Well, exactly. And, you know, and I was a bit of a little chubster, do you know what I mean? So I had bigger tits than my mum, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it was just a piece of like... You know, and I was always the skin, I was never the top. Do you know what I mean? Let me copy. So, as a, do you know, and I just think, why would you do that to a kid? Yeah. And I think things started for me, like body issues and things like that, always start from a young age because you don't just pick them up in your 20s. Yeah. You carry it on for like, from as, of being, being little, mm -hmm. you know? And I wasn't the best active kid in the world. You know, if I was a bit more sportier, you know, I've got a brother who's, you know, fit as a lop and things like that, but he's like 21, mm -hmm. you know, a completely different era. But his friends are like drag queens and things like that. And I think, there was none of that when I was like at that point. Yeah. So that twenty-year gap mm -hmm. is just it's made all the yeah, difference. Massive. It's mad how you say there about um, like dramatic arts and things like that. Because uh -huh. I was saying, yeah, yeah, I, I went, you see, yeah. I went to drama. Uh, it was the Nada. Did you love it? I loved it. I absolutely. Where did loved you go? It. Nada. At Royal so the Northern, yeah, the Royalty Theatre. That's where I, that, that's the theatre I hired out for my show. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, we. Um, we used to go every Sunday and then during the school holidays we'd take a week and we'd rehearse for a full week, a show like Chicago or something like that, and then we'd perform it on the Saturday night. And we did, I think I did maybe four or five shows with those. What was your best part? Oh. What did you just say? A tree. <laughs> Twat. <laughs> no, um, Roxy in Chicago, probably. Did you love it? Yeah, yeah. Did you have all the hand movements and everything? Do you know what? I was never a very good dancer. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Like, I was worry. absolutely shite. Could you imagine? I was shite at dancing, <clears throat> but I liked singing. But you could bell out a note. Yes. Good. I enjoy singing. Yeah. I very it's much therapeutic. It's like, it's my meditation. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of the lads that I went with, um, and I obviously, they were all my friends. We all used to like knock about with each other outside of mm -hmm. drama and all the rest of it. And several of them used to get called gay, and they weren't, mm -hmm. but it was because they did drama and mm -hmm. they sang and they danced. And it was like, why, why is, yeah. does that mean? I mean, one of them was particularly flamboyant and he, he still sings now, he sings on like cruise ships and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and he was my boyfriend for a little while. I mean, I'm talking boyfriend when we used to just neck on, now what else? Yeah. Um, so I used to do that with girls. <laughs> like, you know, they used to go out with like really, really stunning women. Yeah. And. Um, but never did like the whole foofy thing. No, I couldn't. No. <laughs> I'd need a sat nav to find one. <laughs> Honestly, God, I would. It'd be like, turn left, make a U turn. <laughs> Honestly, God, I would be no good. I would like blow, the, like, blow with the hair on a Friday and put the lipstick on and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? But, yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But I mean, even though he was my boyfriend for a little while, he would still get called gay. Mm. And I mean, he's married now to a woman as oh, right, well. Okay. And it was, but it was just so, it, it was such a stereotypical thing that I used to witness. Yeah, it is massive and it's still, I don't think it's as, oh God, I'm trying to say, I don't, is it bad? I don't know, I've never, I've been out of the, well, I've gone more into the singing now. Yeah. Um, so I'm not in the sort of the, the theatre stuff as much as I used to be. Um, but I just like, I get what you're saying. I think it's, I think there's more straight dancers mm -hmm. out there now than what they used to be. Right. Um, I don't think it's as stereotypical as what, 
what it was. Mm -hmm. But then again, you, you, you then just get that one unfortunate that this sounds dodgy now because I'm going to slag off the gay community. Well, I'm not going to slag the gay community off anyway because I'm just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd be, on a, I'd be burnt to a stake, wouldn't I? <laughs> um, but the likes when you get, like, and you only get them in patterns like we in sleep. Right. Right? The, the valley dancer. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah? Very flamboyant, very mm -hmm. gay. Now, the next one to come along after that was probably... And then you had, like, the Tony Blairs and things like that, so very stereotypical. Well, did he ever come out? Nobody knew. I think he was. Um, and then you had, like, Louis Spence. Yes. So, w which was very similar to, like, your way in sleep, but back in, but, like, a modern-day version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's been anybody else after that. I can't think of anyone no. like that, no. But I know a lot of straight dancers. Right, yeah. Um, that love it. Mm -hmm. I think it just always used to be that thing where if you were in any way flamboyant or if you expressed yourself and if you sang and if you danced, you had to be gay. Yeah. And it's ridiculous, really, because it just basically says that... So if you played rugby and played football, were you a thug? No, you weren't. You were the best mm -hmm. lad in school, weren't you? Yeah, in theory. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All these stereotypes that we used to have in school is just mental. Mm -hmm. Absolutely crazy. And it was really funny because my two sisters went to boarding school. Right. And um, I struggled with that quite a bit because I just couldn't understand why I was sort of kept at home and why they were sent away. Yeah. Um, and I think it was for my mum's own selfishness, really, rather than being on her own. Right. Um, and I think sometimes it's an excuse because I was younger. It was, oh, well, we'll just keep him at home. Mm -hmm. Do you know, and um, because obviously we lived abroad, um, and my sisters came to um, boarding school in the UK, mm -hmm. so I only ever got to see them at like the summer holidays and things right. like that. So I really struggled with that as well, um, and it was really really funny because when I would like I used to spend a lot of time with my mum and stuff like that, and I'm going to go back and actually talk about. You know what I'm going to talk yeah. about, don't you? <laughs> so um, obviously I did. Um, <clears throat> Spent a lot of time with my mum because my dad was in the army, so he was away on exercise and things like that quite a lot. Um, and it was bizarre because obviously when we came back to the UK, it was my mum that put me into drama school. Right. So she's obviously seen something and thought, let's throw him into there because if we throw them, throw him into the bloody football team or anything like that, he's going to get absolutely annihilated. So, you know, mm -hmm. um, which might not have been a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Being rinsed by 11 there, you know, <laughs> standard Friday night for me. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, so she put me into drama school and obviously, you know, from there I went on to do TV work and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, and I think as well, because I sort of lived abroad and didn't have a broad accent from the northeast because I'm, yeah. a, I'm actually a scouser. Um, right. Which you would never know. Nah, you wouldn't like. So, because um, my mum's from Liverpool and my dad's from Sunderland, so we came back to the northeast. Um, you know, when I did like the theatre stuff, and, and and bearing in mind, I had like a season ticket to the Sunderland Empire. I was constantly on the Empire, um, and then I was doing local th uh, local TV work and stuff like that. When I came out as gay, I had this massive speech that. I needed to sort of tailor towards my dad because my dad was in the army. Um, so I had to sort of tailor that towards him. And I thought it'll be great because I'll have the support of my mum. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. My mum went into a complete meltdown. Really? Yeah, just didn't know. I, I, I don't know whether she knew but just didn't want to know mm -hmm. and really struggled with it for years. For about two years, she really, really struggled with it. Right. Um, but my dad was really, really supportive. And my dad was like, well, can you not remember him that used to come round for his Sunday dinner and, you know, the big soldier? And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember him. Well, he was a drag queen. I was like, was he? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, what? Um, and what I had... I think with what my mum thought was, because she was obviously from Liverpool and things like that, she thought that I was going to struggle growing up. Right. She thought that the gay bars and things like that were seedy and things like that. So but even, even before I decided to live my life as a gay man, she'd already put a label on it. Right. But she put a label on it from her point of view of worrying about how you were going to be. Yeah. yeah. And how you'd be treated. Yes. 
So is that what, when you say she struggled with it, is that predominantly what it was she was struggling with? Not the fact that you were gay, but <sighs> the fear of, of what you might encounter? I think as well, you know, as, as you get older, you, you seem to analyse things a little bit more and you can come up with a reasonable solution to sort of put your own mind at rest. Mm -hmm. And I think she also maybe is panicked about how society would treat me and the fact that maybe that she might not get no grandkids with me and would I have any kids myself and uh, would I find somebody? Yeah. And would I potentially have the best life possible? Mm -hmm. So yes, it was really difficult for my mum to sort of grasp really. And I think the best thing for me to do was I took her to a gay bar. Right. Because I thought there's, I can say as many things as I can mm -hmm. to try and tell her that it's okay and to ease her sort of mind and perceptions of how the gay world is. Yeah. And I thought, well, the only thing to do is really to take her to a gay bar. Yeah. And that's when it changed. Right. And she realised that it wasn't seedy and do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like 90 year old men dressed in leather waiting in a dark room for you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's just <laughs> not like that. Don't get me wrong, there's places like that. Yeah. Um, I would never know. Um, <laughs> in, uh, You've Berlin. been. <laughs> okay, Daddy, shut up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I took her to a gay bar and, um, you know, she had a couple of friends with her as well, you know what I mean? And yeah. it was great. Yeah. And, and I think she's a lot happier now because obviously I've met my husband and, you know, and she, she sees, she doesn't see me now as being the gay son. She sees me as being the son and who's mm -hmm. a successful person. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So which bar did you take her to? I took her to a bar in Chester. Right. Because that's where I was born. I was born in Chester. So I took her to a bar in Chester and I think it was called 69, which is <laughs> not the best place to take your mother really, is it? And it was like a, like a drag bingo. Yeah. So, and I thought, well, that's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Women love bingo. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> a win-win situation, isn't it? Um, yeah, so I took her there. Right. And I think it was like a random Thursday or Wednesday night or something like that. Um, and then we went to a nightclub, which was called Rush. Right. And it was only gay on that specific night. Yeah. Um, and we went there for a few hours as well, and she absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved it. And then just, that, that yeah, life's just got mm -hmm. a lot easier being gay. And like I say, don't get me wrong, I've been in some situations where I've been a bit sticky and things like that, and I've been cold and, and stuff like that, but you, you seem to ignore it. Right. Um, but there is times now where I have, I will say, sorry, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, I'm not putting up with that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not sort of sitting here going, saying, oh, look at that fucking clip of that straight bloke there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But even... <coughs> well, you wouldn't You're such a me. child, you could sit and sniggering. But the straight bloke <laughs> thinks that every gay man's going to hit onto him. It's like, are you real? Do you know what I mean? You haven't got a set of teeth between you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You look like you've just walked off fucking Jeremy Kyle. Mm -hmm. You stink for one, do you know what I mean? And it's just like, get a life. Yeah. But, um... I just, yeah, I still don't particularly feel easy in straight bars. Right. Um, I really struggle with that still. And I think it's because I still struggle with how people perceive me. Right. Because like I say, I don't, when I go out, I'm not the normal dresser. I like to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to go to, you know, fashion boutiques that are different. Yeah. Um, and when you are different, you stand out like a sore thumb, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, and you will get somebody that'll say, you look amazing. Yeah. But then you might get three or four people, unfortunately, that'll look at you and go, what the fuck have you got on? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, gay pride at the weekend, you know, it was acceptable to be a little bit outrageous. Yeah. But I obviously wear high-waisted pants, T-shirt. Sometimes I wear Cuban heel. You know, I feel powerful. You know, mm -hmm. I feel amazing. And yeah. I get it when women put heels on and they can strut in and they, they, they can command things. Yeah. My sister's like six foot odd and when she's got heels on, I'm like, shit. You know what <laughs> I mean? I wouldn't mess with her, do you know what I mean? Because she's very much like me. My other sister is a lot quieter personality-wise and is more of a, a mum. 
Yeah. Um, and I love that about her. Um, and that's the quality that I absolutely adore about my younger sister. But my older sister's powerfulness is unbelievable. If she walked in here, she, she, she would literally rinse Alan Sugar to her. Right. Yeah, she's terrifying, but she's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know but what that's mean. the type of job that she has. Uh, and I just think, yeah, I still struggle with walking into straight bars and things like that with when they're straight men. Right. And like I like, say, my outfit for Pride was, you know, high waisted pants, full sequin, you know, mm -hmm. fedora hat, Cuban yeah. heels. And it was acceptable to look different there because mm -hmm. you're in your, your, your community and things like that. If I was to sort of walk in bar one on Grey Street, would I get looked at? Yeah, you would. Mm -hmm. If you went into Harry's bar, of course you would. Yeah. Absolutely. But if somebody walks in with what? Buddy Lyland's got jumper on. Do you think, uh, am I looking at them? Yeah. Stone Island on them. And you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not judging you. So why do you feel the need mm -hmm. to either judge or put a label onto me? What gives you the right to do that? Mm -hmm. Just because I'm different. Mm -hmm. You're different because you're wearing a top that everybody else is wearing. Mm -hmm. I'm different because I'm wearing something that nobody's wearing. Yeah. Do you feel that in those circumstances, people are labelling you or looking because of what it is that you're wearing? Or do you think they automatically look and go, he's gay? Yeah. It's not very hard, is it, really? <laughs> well, no, because I know some... Like, I mean, like, But I know what you mean, though. Yeah, because there's some uh, yeah. quite flamboyant dresses who aren't gay. Yeah. And I wonder if they have the same sort of thought process when they're going into certain bars or not. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can only sort of go from my experience. Yeah. I remember a two straight men taking a photograph of me once and laughing. Really? Yeah. And that was in a bar in, that was in a hotel in Sunderland. In fact, I'll, I'll actually name them actually. It was the local hotel and they dealt with it fucking appallingly. Really? Yeah, they did. Um, to the point where I said, actually, because I was absolutely raging mm -hmm. and my partner was raging and we were with a, a straight guy who was literally going to bounce them all over this, this, uh, the, the bar. And I just like, no, 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 just leave it. Mm -hmm. And all I, just, all I wanted to know wasn't about what they did. I was just thought, well, how, what made, what give you the right to do that? Mm -hmm. Because if you took a photograph of a girl like that, yeah. the police would have been called and you would have been arrested. Yeah. So it's acceptable for them to do it to a man. Mm -hmm. No, it's fucking not. It's not acceptable. Yeah. It's not acceptable to put a label on anybody, you know, because I just think everybody's each to their own, mm -hmm. do you know? And I, no, it's, it's just, it's not, it's, it's not acceptable. And, and labels are still being put on people and, and things like that, you know, even the disabled people and things like that. And I just think, whoa, hang on a minute. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? And it's, unfortunately, it's these people that are putting labels on that are probably struggling internally with themselves. Yeah. That's what I'm finding more and more is the labels that are used. I mean, you won't listen to it yet, but on Sunday, we've got one with um, Melissa and it's about being disabled. Oh, right, okay. Um, so she's an amputee. Um, she comes, she does our weightlifting programme um, and she doesn't use it. She never ever referred to herself as disabled. She says, because when she decided to have um, part of her leg removed, um, she got her life back mm -hmm. because she was born with club feet. Right. And she says, like, sometimes people would approach her in the street and say, like, oh, I really feel for you. And she's like, like, that would make her uncomfortable because it's like, well, you're making assumptions that I'm living this part life. Yeah. But she'd just ignore it and nod and move on because um, she says, I'm not going to get into my life story with a complete stranger who feels no. the need to stop me in the street and say, oh, I really feel for you. But do you not find, though, as well, when you get some women that say to gay men, oh, you're a waste of a man, you? Mm-hmm. How the fuck's that? Yeah. Because they want you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what it is. <laughs> Wait, that's the line, isn't it? But you've heard that before, haven't you? When yeah. people go, oh, he's a, that's a waste him. Mm -hmm. A waste of what? Yeah. Because you're not getting it anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. That was in a Robbie Williams song, wasn't it? All the handsome men are gay. Yeah. Hmm. I've just definitely heard that one several times, actually. Mm -hmm. It's not a waste, though. No, it's not, but it's very similar to, like, when... Um, it's, that, it's that type of sort of label that that woman was putting on your friend, who's obviously the amputee. It was like, you know... But then everybody then always feels pity. Yeah. Or feels sorry for you and mm -hmm. things like that. And I think, oh, don't feel sorry for me. Yeah. I mean, I live a very fabulous life. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think the reason why me and my husband do live a fabulous life is because we were told at school that we wouldn't. Right. And 
before we, um, I went into aesthetics and into the training side of things, I owned sweet shops. Right. And I remember once um, an old school teacher with his son came up and said, see, if you don't stick at school, you'll end up like him. And I thought, what do you mean by that? And he mm -hmm. was a twat at school, this teacher. He was an absolute twat. And I just said to him, you can't do a bad wrong because I've actually got two sons in the mine. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then the guy came to pay for his sweets and went, oh, no, 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 they're on me, thanks. Yeah. And I thought, what a knob. But what a dick actually talking to his kid like that. Yeah. Some people just aren't nice. No, they're like, not. There's just something inherently not nice about uh -huh. some people. Ugh. Yeah, he was. And he was one of them teachers, you know, where he used to lecture all over the girls. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's always the PE teacher or the French teacher, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is, though. <laughs> You're laughing, but it is. And there's always two teachers that are shagging, but nobody knows, but everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Two, two of our over six teachers. There you go. They got married in the end. <laughs> but, yeah, they tried to keep it secret for a long time. There was them looks every now and again. It was like, yep, you was a shagging. <laughs> and actually, that physics teacher told my parents I wouldn't amount to anything as well. At parents' evening. And look at you now. He was horrible. He was horrible. But why are they in that profession? They're meant to be there to inspire know. kids and, you know, to, to bring out the best in them. You know, was the peer that shit that they just thought, oh, do you mm. know what I mean? Couldn't have been that bad. They used to, I remember when they used to smoke in the, um, in the staff room. They used to knock on the door and used to open. It used to be like stars <laughs> in their eyes, didn't they? <laughs> And there used to be one geography teacher that used to stink of coffee and fags and wear khaki pants. Yeah. Do you know what you There's me. Do you know what this is? is literally this is all me. of the teachers. Do you know what it is? I'm now putting labels on them. How bad's that? But it, that, is that a label or is that just an observation? I like to say it's an observation. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the fine line, isn't it? Because there's labels and there's, the label is essentially a descriptive word. Uh -huh. But some are placed on people and it's... It is a label. It's like you are that and that alone, and that's when it's then an issue. Yeah, because a label can be a good thing. Because if you didn't have a label on a piece of clothing, you would never know how to wash it. Yeah. So a label, it's good that, isn't it? So <laughs> it's true though, isn't yeah. it? So you know, at times a label can be a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it can get you to a point where you need to be. But like, you know, but labels are are can be shit. Yes. And it's the ones that hurt. Mm -hmm. And it's how that, because some, I could say something to you and you might find that funny and you might not take offence to that. Mm -hmm. But then I could say it to somebody else and they can take completely and utterly offence to it and find it really, really. Yeah. So there is a, it's a fine, like, it's, it's judging your label. It's not judging your label, it's judging your audience. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because when you were talking about um, taking your man to a gay bar. Yeah. Um, like some of my friends from drama, drama were gay. Um, no. And I used to love going out in Newcastle to the gay scene because I felt safer there than anywhere else. I could have as much to drink as I wanted. I could yeah. dance around and, and not be bothered, not worry about what people thought about us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because it was carefree and easy, wasn't it? Uh-huh. And it was just totally like, I mean, I used to wear a, I can't even remember the name of the hats, like, Trilby hat. Yeah. And he used to have like dyed hair and it was all spiky and and like a few of me gay mates used to say, you look like a lesbian. <laughs> but then when I was out, there was a couple of lesbians to say, you're straight, aren't you? And it was like, doesn't really matter. I'm just wearing what I want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you could go and you could just do and But be isn't it funny whoever. that you've had to go to that place mm -hmm. just to be you? Yeah. A hundred percent. Because I suppose sometimes, even now, I mean a lot of the time I'm in gym gear, but I try and pick stuff that other people don't have. Okay. And I like to look a bit different, but I still say to Ross when I leave the house, do I look a twat? Are people going to look at us? But what, why does that bother you what other people think? I don't know. I think it's a human Have you got trait. kids? Yes. Right, okay. So if, boy, girl? Boys. Right, okay, so you've got two boys. What if one decided to wear pink? Yeah, they do wear pink. Right, okay. <laughs> when they go out? Does that bother you? No. Does it bother them? No. The reason why it doesn't bother them is the way that you've brought them up. Mm -hmm. So why should it bother you? Hmm. I hadn't thought of it like that. 
because they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, suppose, sometimes you do, you try and teach your kids certain things, but you don't always take your own advice. No, you don't. It's like with the gym. I thought there was a book. I <laughs> thought there was a parent book. So when we first got our first foster kid, it, I thought, oh, we're going to get like a little book and it's going to tell you what to do. And I didn't realise that my mum and dad just made this shit up. <laughs> and the conversations, like, like obviously me and Ross, because obviously my husband's called Ross, that we used to have in bed, we used to talk about, you know, this has potentially happened today, how we're going to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I just thought that mums and dads knew everything. We do and that. we don't do it, we're just shit. <laughs> we do that, we'll sit and talk and we'll go, do you know what, like, are we good parents? And it's always that question, I think, a good parent always questions uh -huh. whether or not they're a good parent. Have we made the right decision? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And it's always wanting to do right by them. Yeah. If you're asking that question, then you are a good parent. Yeah, because you need to ask that, don't you? Otherwise, if you just carried on doing what you were doing and didn't question yourself, you could end up in shit street, really. So, just to sort of bring everything full circle. We could go with probably another two hours. Really, we, we could, we? yeah, definitely. What, would, what advice would you give to someone um, who's maybe dealing with, not even dealing with the label, well, yes, dealing with the label gay, who's maybe battling with it themselves and not quite sure how to move forwards in their life? If you... If the only way that I would be able to put it in a simple term that maybe is if somebody younger is watching or comes across it or anything like that, if you can imagine, like, you've got an 18-inch pizza, OK, and one slice of that is gay, mm -hmm. but the rest of it is you, it's tiny. Mm -hmm. That word gay is so small. You know, yeah. it's only three letters. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Puff's longer, all right? <laughs> but gay is only small. Yeah. So it's OK to be different, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, be the change. Mm -hmm. Don't be behind the curtain. Don't be behind the curtain all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's times where, you know, the younger kids are going to be private and things like that. But it's okay to be you. Yeah. Um, you know, and if anybody is struggling, you know, there's loads of support out there. Schools are getting better. Right. Um, I think, to be fair, it, homosexuality needs to be in the curriculum. Right. Um, it needs to be a lot more than, you know, put a condom on a cucumber. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it needs to be a lot more than schools need to be doing more because it needs to be coming from there. Yeah. But also as well, parents need to be doing a lot more. Mm -hmm. Parents need to be supportive. And unfortunately, with the, you know, we're in the northeast and there's a lot of smaller villages where there's coal mining and things like that, you mm -hmm. know. And in my husband's job, you know, he, 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 I remember somebody saying, and I know we're random this up, but this is... He was doing an ice break, an icebreaker, mm -hmm. and um, you know he had uh, non-working people there that were, you know, claiming job seekers allowance or anything yeah. like that. And he basically just said to them, you know, give me one thing that annoys you, and some, you know, hairy or stupid bigot in the background puffs annoy me. So my husband went, is that a sugar puff, a cheesy puff? <laughs> what type of puff is that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I just thought. That's where it stems from. It yeah. stems from them people, because then what happens then is they're telling their kids, go play football, don't be a puff. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's not what these gay, young gay kids, or even maybe somebody that's in a 25-year marriage yeah. who thought that had to be married yeah. is struggling. The fact, like, I'm actually gay. Yeah. Times are changing. Times are moving. It's time to be you. Yeah, so yeah. be the change. 100%. It's like, and again, I know we're wrapping it up, sorry. It's like, you know, I find it quite sad. They're like this now, aren't they? Yeah. Like Windyla. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know Philip Schofield? Yeah. And obviously he came out very recently and it's like, oh, I know, but you've not wasted so much of your life not being yourself. And I don't think he has wasted his life because obviously he's no, quite No, I think there's been a lot more going on in the like background that. than what has maybe has been portrayed in the media. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people potentially might have known. Obviously, mm -hmm. I'm, I can't say that they did or they don't. Yeah, I'm just yeah. allegedly saying that. Um, and did his wife know? Possibly. Mm -hmm. Michael Barrymore. Yeah. It, do you know what I mean? And unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, he's, you know, don't go swimming in his swimming pool. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But um, his wife knew mm -hmm. and then became his manager and things like that. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure that they've probably got an amazing relationship. 
And at the end of the day, Philip Schofield had, was married to this woman and had kids and mm -hmm. has got a fantastic relationship with his wife and things yeah. like that. But why did it take him so long, so long. to come out? Mm -hmm. Was it the industry? Was it people managing him that were saying, it's not time yeah. now? And it's very much like sports. It's very much like... Um, Oh, Kelly people Holmes. being Kelly yeah. Holmes as well. I know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and that, you know what? I, ugh, it really pissed me off that why it was news, mm -hmm. right? I get the fact that you're gay and that absolutely hands down, and I think you're an amazing person. But why did it have to be on the news? Yeah, it's a private thing. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And actually, she was. I think she was out to her personal family and friends years before that. In any way. Yeah. So why was it? It doesn't have things like that don't have to be news. Like mm -hmm. the first thing, you know, that gay footballer. I get it. Okay, but why does it have to be news? Is mm -hmm. it news in a good way because they want more people in the sports industry to come out as gay? Yeah. Um, you know, Tom Daly is a massive advocate. Yeah. Um, you know, Dame Kelly Holmes is going to be a massive advocate now. Um, but then I just think, why does it have to be, why does it have to be broadcasted all over the, mm -hmm. all over the telly? Mm -hmm. it, it, really, it doesn't need, it doesn't need that. Mm -hmm. It's private. Yeah. But do you think they're doing it for the right reasons? Like, do you think I they're think doing from it... their point of view, they're probably doing it from awareness. Yeah. And I think more, you know, and I think it's especially with like the, the football. I don't even know his name. I just know he's a footballer. Um, and probably saying, well, you know, if he'd be the first one that's going to come out with gifts, other people might have come out. But then I've got a very sort of a bit of a conspiracy mind. Has something gone wrong where someone said? There's going to be a story coming out tomorrow with you. Yeah. Have you been pushed? Mm -hmm. And I remember the likes of, you know, like the bands like Take That and Steps and Blue mm -hmm. and everything like that. There was always a gay one somewhere along the line. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, do you know what I mean? What a tragic story that was. Yeah. You know? Um, and they were all told not to come out because mm -hmm. of the fan base. Yeah. Where really... There's a bigger fan base out there because gay men always have a disposable income. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They do, you know, and they always spend their money well. They treat the community well, yeah. you know. Um, there's just no need for that now, I don't think. And I don't think there is a need for that now. And, and unfortunately, I think there's still people in, in that industry in, in front of the camera that are in the closet. Yeah. Really badly. Mm-hmm. I think that's There's a few people that I know anyway, so... Mode. Yeah, I think that's that's quite the shame, I think, when people just feel like they can't be themselves. Yeah. And I think, like you said, they just need to be the change. They just do, be don't them. they? Mm -hmm. Stop, drop the label. Yeah. And be who you are. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you very much. No, you're more than welcome. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So have I, I really might have to have you on again. <laughs> <laughs> Part two coming next week. <laughs> Yeah, but mind you though, next time I want like a, a big like, you know, like a um, Real Housewives of like Cheshire entrance, you right. know, like, <laughs> the, all the yeah, rose petals and all the glitter behind. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. No, it's you're more than welcome. Honestly, thank you. Thank you.